You're about to listen to another episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Join Paul Edwards and his guests as they discuss and sometimes even solve some interesting HR problems. And I'm going to go off the rails sometimes and talk about whatever I want. if everybody heard that or not but the, the audience just applauded one <laughs> one time one single time yeah i want to welcome everybody <laughs> to today's uh podcast uh what the hell just happened and and in most instances we bring in the the catchphrase in hr what the hell just happened in hr <laughs> i'm joined by cc today cc you've been on several podcasts with me for everybody listening cc is the hr manager of hr people she's got <laughs> one of the toughest jobs i think in the united states because <laughs> Everybody who works for this four-seater uh, also understands employment law. I mean, <laughs> all the way down to the people who answer the phones have yeah. much more knowledge than the average person. Yeah. And so CC has to manage the people who help other people manage the HR, and it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough thing. And I always love having you on the show, CC, because you bring some kind of uh, different perspective to HR in general. And I know this time we're going to talk about something that just happened with the EEOC, which for everybody who's listening, by the way, Cece, well, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Paul. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just started rolling. And um, the e okay, so the EEOC is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, and they're in charge of enforcing a certain set of federal rules, regulations, and laws. Yep. They can bring lawsuits if they choose to. Mm -hmm. And generally the way an EEOC lawsuit works is someone brings a complaint to the EEOC and it may not necessarily turn into anything. Right. The EEOC looks at it. The EEOC may do an investigation. And then the EEOC may decide to prosecute the case itself. Yep. And it can't take it out of your out of the complainant's hands. They issue what is known as a, a, a right to sue letter, mm -hmm. which doesn't mean anything in and of itself. It just means right. the complaint went through the EEOC. So if we're going to go down the nerd, we're going down the <laughs> HR nerd hole here. At the bottom of this is, is that in most instances, if you're covered by the EEOC or you're covered by a version of the EEOC that the state may have, right. you are required to take your complaint to them first. You can't just go straight to court. Now, mm -hmm. that's not the case in every instance. If you have less than 15 employees, mm -hmm. the EEOC can't really do anything to you. Um, but many states have their own version of these laws, and they have lowered what we call the threshold, below mm -hmm. 15 employees. Right? Right. right. Whew, I hope that was a <laughs> good enough explanation. So the EEOC puts out um, – they put out uh, uh, press releases. Exactly. And they're mm -hmm. kind of letting us know what they're up to, what yep. they're focused on, what they care about. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the press release is just to say, hey, you guys, we've, had, we've decided this thing – or we've redefined this thing, and you need to pay attention and follow the rule. Mm -hmm. In other instances, they're releasing uh, 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 an announcement that they're, they brought a lawsuit. Yep. All right. So I'm going to backpedal just a little bit. Once you get the right to sue letter to a complainant, they can then choose to do nothing. At, uh, the complainant can do nothing at all. Mm -hmm. The complainant can hire an attorney, and the attorney can use what the EEOC did or did not find, and they can bring the lawsuit themselves. Oh, and or the EEOC may step up. Usually it's in the instances of really kind of uh, high profile. Yeah, or when it's pretty it's cut and dry. Or, like they, or it's terrible. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. somebody mm -hmm. is really kind of messed up. Mm -hmm. And usually they seek a settlement first. Yeah. And then it's up to um, the employer as to whether or not they, they want to settle or they 
decide that they want to go to court and they want to fight it. You know, one of the things that I often say, uh, I bring about, uh, so I'm going to HR nerd myself just a little Mm -hmm. bit here. One of the values of having really good policies and good HR practices in place is that you can help the EEOC actually help you. So when they send a letter saying this person has said X, Y, and Z, Mm -hmm. and they've said that you terminated them or you took some adverse action against them because of some protected status, your best defense against that is first to have a policy that's clear that that addresses that issue. That's the first step. The EOC, when they see that, they're like, oh, these people actually understand what the rules are. So we need to take maybe a little bit different tack towards investigating this. And then the second thing is is that you can show um, perhaps alternative reasons Mm -hmm. that you took the steps you took and that the accusation is not entirely true which takes me to the first point i know cc i'm i'm (laughs) I'm like taking over here but i i love this subject because it's all nerdy um the but for rule Mm -hmm. remember we talked about this once before we did do you remember how i explained that because i don't remember how i explained it um (laughs) well it's unique to it's unique to what we're going to talk about discrimination age discrimination Uh, i mean it's kind of just a different burden of proof that they have to have yeah versus other types of discrimination you don't the that threshold is not the same right so when it comes to age discrimination you almost have to prove that but for everything Mm -hmm. else that could have been going on it was age discrimination exactly it was very specific what they were doing and i think you've brought us two instances that the eoc is pointing out that that meet their but for rule yes exactly so what was the what was the first one that they wanted to talk everybody know about so the first one um it it was a candidate Mm -hmm. so all, even, all the same rules apply to right. your employees and your candidates. Good thing to know. Uh, so the candidate uh, applied for the job, went through the process. Uh, the employer informed the candidate that they were seeking more junior candidates, mm-hmm. um, which is coded, can can be coded. Yep. Code uh, language. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then the um, they ultimately ended up filling the role with a younger person. Uh-huh. Um, and then the other piece of it, which I'm sure, you know, all the evidence stacks up, right? So yep. um, the, they had also told the candidate that the salary that they were seeking was too high, um, I think, in ju- to, to justify them to say that they wanted somebody with less experience. Uh-huh. But ultimately, that younger person with less experience, they ended up paying more than the candidate had asked for. And that may have been the nail in the coffin. Probably. Yeah. yeah. They might have gotten away with, well, we're looking for someone who's got a little less experience. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of, look, sometimes I think that this is true. I mean, I I. I I gotta be careful here. <laughs> I gotta be careful how I say this. Look, when you first wait, look, if I'm applying for a job at your business, I know what I'm getting myself into. Mm-hmm. I know how old I am. I'll even share this. Oh wow! I don't know if I've ever shared this story. <laughs> it was a long time ago, and this is what got me into HR. Mm-hmm. I owned a live music venue and a, and a management company mm-hmm. of touring bands. Cece's like, I've heard this story. <laughs> Okay, I en- dad. <laughs> okay, dad. I ended up with about 60 employees. Uh-huh. And I also ended up, when I sold those businesses, the be- the, be- the main reason I did was because I it was driving me insane to have 60 employees. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just couldn't figure out. I ran a good company. People liked me. That doesn't mean that my life was good and that it was mm-hmm. easy to manage people. Yeah. 
So um, I'm trying to remember now why I brought this up. Where I went backwards. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so when I sold the uh, so when I sold the businesses for pennies, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. When I sold the businesses, what I d- desired was to take an, a break from the world, mm-hmm. and I wanted to take a couple of years off and just kind of go uh, follow a couple of dreams. And one of them was faking my way into a chef's job, which I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's wonderful how you have the, many lifetimes. The universe <laughs> manifested that for me. It's yeah. like I really wanted it, and that's not what I set out to do. I just made it clear to myself that's what I wanted, and somehow the circumstances put me there. But That's, that's how I got into HR, actually. Into HR. Yeah. Okay, so kind of that's what <laughs> yeah. happened to me, too. Yeah. Um, but um, one of the things when I contacted them, uh, which was one of the first errors when you could, like, contact someone to get a job. Mm-hmm. So them is a camp kids camp in Colorado the Colorado Mountain Ranch oh. um, been there for decades beautiful family runs it they service the Boulder area if you're in Boulder and you've got kids and you'd like for them to get shipped up a mountain and come back exhausted and pass out at the end of the day I highly recommend the Colorado <laughs> Mountain Ranch it's a day camp um, when I contacted them they replied back and basically in a very nice way Said so you realize you're 43 years old, right? <laughs> I didn't say that directly, yeah. but uh, so this speaks to my concern. There was a re- they needed a reality check because mm-hmm. of all of their counselors and everybody are uh, 16, 17, 18, 20, 22, 23, mm-hmm. 24. They're college kids. It's summer. It's their yeah. summer job. Yeah. And they're like, how's this old guy going to fit in? <laughs> and uh, and I had to assure them that my employees were all 18, 19, mm-hmm. 20, 25, you know, everybody working around me. Yeah. And they immediately accepted that. Mm-hmm. And they weren't trying to discriminate against me for age, but they re- they had a real concern because you live at the camp. Yeah. And, and you're not the boss of everybody around you when you're yep. a counselor. And I was coming in as a counselor. Yeah. Um, I eventually got moved into the kitchen whereby uh-huh. <laughs> uh, my bus driving skills and my kitchen skills together yeah. made me pretty, you know, made me pretty. That's cool. I'm a high, I was highly desired. <laughs> um, okay. So I just wanted to share that story to say that there's sometimes there's a, a there can be a legitimate concern. Sure. Yeah. Um, but they didn't say, oh, don't talk to this guy because he's too old because mm-hmm. he won't fit in. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. In that circumstance, it's understandable. I mean, especially when you're talking about an adult working with minors mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, you get into a very different age range than early 20s with late teens. Right. Um, that can be that could I can understand how that could be a concern. Um, and then just the like you said, the general how, how is this person going to vibe with the with the rest of them? Because you're not you weren't there to be the boss. But you got to be careful that you're that you create some kind of a, and I'm going to use a word called pretext, whereby exactly. you have some opinion that mm-hmm. old people aren't fast enough, smart enough, they're not going to fit in because your team's uh, perhaps for whatever reason yep. all, all younger people. Which, by the way, if I look at your company from the outside, and uh, and this is the problem, mm-hmm. you, you as a company, you have to be careful about hindsight. Yep. So you said things stack up. Mm-hmm. So. We could say, or someone could say, we don't discriminate based off of all the things like uh, uh, whether or not you're a man or a woman, wh- whatever your religion is, whatever the color of your skin is, your right. your race, uh, religion, all those things. But we always have hindsight, and mm-hmm. we can come in and audit you, for, uh, uh, the EEOC, and come in and say, okay, what is the makeup? Interesting. It's all white men mm-hmm. between the ages <laughs> of 22 and 35. I believe that we may have a pattern here. Right. 
Um, let's go find the person who's doing the hiring. Oh, look, they're a white man between the <laughs> age of. So, if, yeah, if you've you, you just have to be careful with hindsight. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I think, really, if I give you something practical, we all have preconceived notions of who's the right or type. Yeah. And as an employer, you can do a disservice to yourself by following that. You can actually pass up on the perfect person because mm-hmm. of your preconceived notion of what is the right person for this job. Yeah. I mean, I think that we'd be lying if if any of us said that when we go to hire, we have some sort of vision of what the person is, mm-hmm. whether that's their personality, their age range, whether they're a man or a woman, we're human. And so that kind of vision pops in your head. Mm-hmm. And, and so as people who are responsible for those processes, it's you just have to be aware of where your own biases or where your own preferences uh-huh. are. And then, um, you know, use tools like with your questions or uh, other uh, testing for skills and things mm-hmm. like that to make sure that you're um, using objective criteria and not just that vision that you have in your head to make decisions. I, I really cringe because, I mean, I've had managers here say I was kind of thinking this was going to be a, a female that's mm-hmm. going to fill this position. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm and, and that's exactly exactly what I'm talking yep. about is that you got to as an employer, you have another set of parameters around this. You mm-hmm. can make different decisions in other areas based on whatever your pretext or your feelings are. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with gut. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you've got a gut yeah. feeling about someone, but it doesn't um, it, 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 it it's not oftentimes not going to get you a great a great outcome. Yeah, I mean, and then on the flip side, I mean, there have been times where. I've got that gut thing and I'm like, but I can't figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, more often than not, it's been correct. But if I can't figure out what the thing is that my gut is saying that this is off and all of my objective criteria uh-huh. is there, it, it, that's a tricky place to be. Because if you just rely on the gut thing, you, you can cause some disparate impact there and end up creating okay. biases that you didn't even intend to. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I used to go with gut a lot because, you know, people would come in and they interview for a job, for a job behind the bar or or a bouncer's job or anything. And I, I got to tell you, one of the things I did in one of my clubs was I put women at the door. Mm-hmm. The, the thinking was is that they would be able to escalate. Uh, I'm sorry, de-escalate <laughs> yeah. a situation and that perhaps guys would be less likely to get in an altercation with one another if a woman stepped in. <laughs> Okay, so here's my here's my here's my bias. Uh-huh. The women that we hired tended to be more aggressive and get more in the face of people trying to get them not trying to like like it was it was funny. Oh, that is funny. See, my brain went a different place, and that was that um, I, I was putting them at risk. Yeah, the, well, that some men would feel more comfortable being verbally abusive or or you know confronting a woman than somebody who they know can physically. Actually, that was way. not the case. This is in the South. I don't know where, you know, I, I know the rest of the world is going kind of crazy. But in the South, we don't, we don't, uh, you, there's a certain way you're taught. Mm-hmm. You don't, don't you talk to your mother okay. that way, which is, is. So the cultural context th- there's made a cultural it so that context. you had, yeah. yeah, you had that idea. Okay. If a guy hit a woman in front of you, you could deck him <laughs> and the judge would be like, you shouldn't have hit her yeah. in front of him. You're welcome to North Carolina, dude. So, um. Okay, I went out and left. Is North Carolina there. the South? North Carolina, 
you take that back. <laughs> did I step in something I didn't mean to? You there? did. <laughs> I need you to immediately. I'm this is sorry. a remedial. This is a corrective action. I need you to go study what the Mason Dixon line is <laughs> okay. and where, and where okay. it is. Geography uh, is not my strong suit. Well, we are North Carolina, which makes mm-hmm. us better than South Carolina. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. Um, by the way, we're in Tucson, Arizona. This is the South, too, by the way. Yeah. It's just a different South. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I told the story. I told the story of the women. Anyway, my preconceived notion was that women would not be as aggressive, maybe not as aggressive guys. So they, mm-hmm. they countered the, that the guys didn't want to confront the woman, like mm-hmm. swing at her or anything. Mm-hmm. With the, the women countered with, we're even more aggressive in your face, and we're not going to put up with your crap, than the guys who were bouncing. Okay. Oh, gosh, that was a long ways for that <laughs> HR lesson. So the EEOC first brought the first case they released. We've mm-hmm. just discussed that. That Basically, the people, they were trying to use code and pretext to not hire someone who was in their 50s. Yeah, and in their, in their uh, press release, they said that uh, there has been precedent set. The courts recognize that euphemisms like um, senior. more senior or more junior or overqualified is a violation. Recent graduate, mm, yes, all of those things. Yes. Even though a recent graduate could be 63 years old. It can be, yeah. but the impact is likely that you're screening yeah. out older people. Yeah. And but then what was the second one that they, the, they just gave us some guidance the on? The second one was uh, an employee approaching a 65th birthday and the uh, management at the company starts asking her, when are you going to retire? She says she doesn't want to. They're asking her why. So being... Um, kind of pestering and mm-hmm. and uh repeatedly coming to her when she turned 65 uh she, she verified nope i'm not retiring right now so they eliminated her role uh they said due to economic uncertainty uh, which is which is cover you can actually do mm-hmm. that sure yeah but you probably shouldn't be Pairing that with lots of talk about when are you going to retire? Well, that and then they turned around and refilled the role with someone in their 30s. So it wasn't economic. It was we need to get you out. And so they they made two really bad mistakes as managers. And so um, if you're this or, you know, if if I'm in in an organization running it and I've got managers who do something like this, they're either not been trained Mm -hmm. um, or they need to go. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the way this is not the way to handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think probably we had an untrained manager mm-hmm. who didn't have any kind of a check. So they took some steps and did some things without checking with an HR expert of any type. Yeah. And, and who would have put the brakes on this immediately? Yeah. And this was a manufacturing environment. Uh-huh. So I'm guessing that, yeah. you know, th- they probably were not producing in the same way. And so we see this in mm-hmm. d- all kinds of offices where the productivity is maybe slowing down. That's a different story. And so and that's the thing. So if they had dealt with that issue, uh-huh. uh, they could have done this legally and gotten this person out of the company if that if was, it was what, where they needed to go. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that they probably thought that this was an easier route to take instead of documenting right. the corrective action and talking directly about the performance. But right. um, and unfortunately, they got themselves in some hot water. So they the EOC investigated, and as you said, it's the layers that they find. Mm-hmm. So the first layer is is that there's some kind of uh, you know they're able to confirm that there's some there was some talk leading up to like when are you going to retire? Right. What are your plans? How long? How much long do you plan on working? Mm-hmm. Um, you know the those types of conversations were were being had right 
Um, and then, as you said, circumstantially, the next layer was, well, they actually uh, eliminated, eliminated the position. And within that layer was, uh, are the facts, mm -hmm. which is you didn't actually eliminate the position. You eliminated the person. You refilled right. the position and you refilled it with someone younger. So both of those, in my, in my um, estimation, uh, meet the but for. Mm -hmm. But for anything else, you really did uh, age discriminate here. Right. They could have been doing a lot of other things, and now they would have trouble with the but for uh, argument. Mm -hmm. The other things were, as you stated, documenting that the person's not producing, right. documenting where they're, they're coming up short, mm -hmm. um, and, and really taking it head on. And, and by the way, doing the right thing, which is give the employee an mm -hmm. opportunity to improve and understand yeah. what they're not getting right. Mm -hmm. And in some instances, if you do this in a really healthy, constructive way, and you've got a good, really kind of a, a, a great environment where you work, employees faced with this come back and say, I, I'm just having trouble. I yeah. know I'm slowing things down. Mm -hmm. I'd like to talk about retirement. Yeah. Yeah. You put them in a place where they can get have some self-awareness mm -hmm. rather than be on the defensive. Uh, constantly and you on can, the defensive. And that and can be a much more productive way to go. Yeah, it can be. But mm -hmm. it takes a whole mm -hmm. lot of work to, lot get, of to, to get your uh, managers and your teams to, to enter into those kinds of mm -hmm. conversations. Yeah, I, I have a story. I'm not going to go into it too deep, but it multi-practice. Um, several locations, new organization, didn't have good HR in place, an associate doctor who they tried to argue didn't have any power. But mm -hmm. you, you can't argue that if the perception of the employee is that they have power. And that associate doctor wasn't getting along with a long-term employee. He was placed in the practice, kind of the de facto manager, even though he didn't have any experience or anything. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, he's getting in arguments and he's saying out loud to the employee in front of other employees, I would be so glad when you when you retire oh i just just i don't feel i can get anything done you block everything i do mm -hmm. that last part is okay yeah. that's something yeah. that you can talk about with someone it's mm -hmm. the 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 beginning of that conversation that got him in trouble and uh, eoc took the case and went in for a three hundred fifty thousand dollars settlement oh. they wouldn't settle the eoc ended up uh extracting um almost double that in the end yeah and then they paid all these legal fees and and you know, so look, if you're out there and you're in a multi-practice situation, you you don't know what's going on in these practices. Mm -hmm. so your managers need extra levels of, of training. And, yes. and I, I would encourage you not to have associate doctors actually running the practices by themselves. They need they either need the training you would get to managers or, or yeah. something along those we, lines. We've talked about that a lot on this podcast. That That's a lot of times where things kind of go wonky is that that information is not being filtered the right way to left the hand doesn't know what mm -hmm. the right hand's doing and, and I, we could we could spend a whole podcast on that okay so i think we covered a little bit of the but for rule we told a couple of good stories mm -hmm. the eeoc as we've given you guys a couple of good examples of why you need to be careful around age discrimination look in the end it's illegal to force someone out because of their age mm -hmm. there are methods that you can use to 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 discuss this with an employee which include yeah. severance packages or uh, as you explained to me cc before we got started offering something for them to retire which puts them in a good, better position right there are ways that you can approach this uh, uh, this issue but most states have kind of they really outlawed the practice of trying to force someone mm -hmm. out yeah. uh, because they're reaching what you perceive as retirement age so let's talk about perception okay before i i 
Cece, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, it doesn't mean that you can't talk about retirement with employees either, especially if they bring it up first. Yep. You can certainly say, hey, you mentioned that you're hoping to be able to retire in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. What are your plans around that? And have a constructive conversation they, to plan for it. it. Yeah. If Yes, if they mention it. So d- I don't want people to leave with the message that they can't ever have these conversations. Mm-hmm. It just has to be um, that you're not prompting it just because of the employee's age. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're not making the decision for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing that I kind of want to just insert here right right at the end, CC, is statistically, even though you're not supposed to force people out, mm-hmm. and it, but statistically, what we're seeing when you use hindsight and kind of look at the country is that um, people who are reaching the age of uh, people are retiring between the ages of 62, 63, 64. Mm-hmm. And more and more um, that idea that I could retire at that age because I would have enough of a nest egg more and more. That is not true. Yeah, people absolutely. need to work a few more years in order to be able to be um, mm-hmm. you know, safe in their retirement and to have the extra funds that they need to, yeah. to get through it. Nonetheless, so what where we're ha- what we have here is a butting of the heads where managers and companies are saying we want these people out and these people, these mm-hmm. people that they're talking about actually need and want to work a few yes. more a few more years in order to be financially stable. Mm-hmm. So it's a competing it's kind of this competing thing that we can see out there and you you know during the pandemic a lot of folks in their 60s, late 50s, 60s, and, and, and even mid-60s who were out of the workforce found the need to come back yeah. into it and, mm-hmm. and, and chose it. So I think we have kind of a two trains on a collision course here. Mm-hmm. There's uh, what what employers perceive that they need and want and what workers actually do need. Yeah. And I believe that the EEOC will continue to enforce these rules and be looking for this sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the evidence of them announcing both of these on the same day shows that that's kind of something that they've got their eye on you know i think that's a good way placed in this okay i think it's a really good place to end this okay um cc thanks for bringing this to our attention little hr nerding here what the hell just (laughs) happened in hr is that a couple of different businesses really didn't handle issues that are hand they could be handed Mm. i was trying to make up a new word (laughs) handable handed handed okay i can't make up a new word today it's not gonna work usually i can help you but i'm lost on this one uh be careful out there everybody yeah Yeah. um cc thanks thanks paul thanks for joining us for this week's episode of what the hell just happened do Paul a favor and share this with your network. If you have an HR issue or a question you'd like us to discuss on the show, send it to podcast at wthjusthappened.com. For more HR advice and insights from Paul and his team of experts, you can also join the private Facebook group, HR Basecamp, or visit hrbasecamp.com. Make sure you tune in next week. And remember, better workplaces make better lives.